560 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here for the next 30 minutes, and we will uh, pass it over uh, to our colleague Chris Williams, along with Molly Parrott. They have the uh, call coming up this morning. Iowa State women's basketball. They tip at 11. Pre-game is at 10.30, so we will get you to Ames at the bottom of the hour. Uh, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we're going to get Zubin Mehente in here at about 10.15. Zubin's a uh, regular on Tuesday, so we will uh, find uh, 15 minutes to talk. Not that we have to squeeze him in. He's a great guest and plenty of conversation with Zubin. We'll go around this world of sports. I think focusing probably more so on college football, maybe some NFL as ESPN has their latest installment of that TV show uh, tonight coming up at 6 o'clock. The latest playoff rankings, where will Alabama fit? Does anybody else move around in the top four? I don't see that happening. Minnesota slides to where? Baylor slides to where? Oklahoma, do they move up? Dot, dot, dot. Trent, I know you're locked and loaded for it. I'm actually excited about this one. There's actually some intrigue as we get a little bit deeper. I get more excited for it to see where those teams and, and where... Everything plays out what Alabama is going to be. They still have really not beat anybody this mm-hmm. season. I think I think they fall, Trent. I do. Without Tua, I just I just I just don't see it. Yeah. I, now, it was going to be an incredibly difficult path, I thought, to begin with for Mac them. Jones has been fine since he's been in been there. Okay. And yeah. we're not talking about they're playing some walk on from Right. You know. <laughs> he's got a lot of stars beside his yes, name as they yeah. all do if you if Alabama. He got he, he's at Alabama. Right. He's got to be at least pretty good. Absolutely. So we'll see. I mean, they still got Auburn coming up, but um, I, I just I just don't see any path for them. I really don't. Now, the Pac-12, on the other hand, that's a different story. You know, as we said last week, I, I'm starting to think more and more, and I really want to see. I, I do. I, I want to see Ohio State, LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to. This Clemson flying the ointment. Clemson, Trent, nobody's paying attention to them. Mm, right. There's a lot of people that watch the ACC, and you know, I don't know how you can. Um, they think that this Clemson team is better than last year's Clemson team. Dabo not, threw that out himself after the game, and maybe that's a little bit of politicking mm-hmm. from his own right, but Clemson's home free. Yes, now, they are. They, they finish up with South Carolina. Yes, South Carolina beat Georgia, mm-hmm. but come on. They're not losing that football game. And then the championship game about whoever comes out of the muck there to play them. Doesn't matter. They will coast on in as the... Two or three seed? Probably the three. I'm not sure. I mean, if LSU holds serve or Ohio State holds serve, I don't see there any movement there. Although Ohio State's got a couple. Look at what Ohio State's got left. Penn State, Michigan, and mm. Wisconsin, Wisconsin Minnesota. Slash Minnesota. Yeah. So they maybe have a chance to get up uh, in there. Uh, I Look at whoever gets the privilege of playing in the semifinal against Clemson. <sighs> Trent, that's appointment. I mean, they're both going to be appointment TV, but man, oh man, that that game a lot of years could be the championship game. Really could, because LSU's got warts defensively. Yes, they I'm do. I'm convinced they do. Uh, Georgia's got a really good defense. Their offense maybe isn't as good as they've se- had seen in some years, which is saying something, because they're not bad offensively by any means. But uh, look, there's only two weeks left, and then the championship week, so three weeks of college football. Get tied on, folks. It's going to be a blast. We are not going to get much into the Hawkeyes and Cyclones today, but this podcast popped into my head and maybe when we have a little you bit more time You want to discuss tomorrow. bulls? No. Oh, no, not at all. I 
No, <laughs> that that does not that does not Quit do. While it you're for ahead, me. I'm going to talk about the TV show. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You you love to look at people that have no clue about how the bull process works. What they guess right. is going to happen, and then well, you take it as Bible. You come in here. Yeah. Oh, the Hawkeyes are screwed. They're going to San Francisco. Well, you know because it's funny. I I tried to convince my wife yesterday to buy plane tickets to get in advance. Uh, for San Diego? Well, to, to, uh, the plane ticket I wanted to buy was I wanted to get to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. And more importantly, I wanted to get home from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Because you can get into Vegas. There's flights from any of those cities right. every hour. Literally every hour into Vegas. But it's back to Des Moines. It's tricky. So I wanted to get that leg of the flight gotcha. already handled so I you know, could get back at... Uh, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You're wrong every year. Well, you are, yeah, but I'm due, hun. Well, uh, that, that, that's the justification behind it. No, right. I had this thought: Who's more likely to lose this weekend, Iowa or Iowa State? Iowa. I think so. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Illinois, Illinois has got shown a pulse. A pulse. Kansas got kind of. They've had look. They've had, for, for where we thought Kansas would be, they're better. Yeah, they got a couple of nice wins. But no, no, Illinois is the answer. I think so. Illinois is coming off a bye. They are. Coming and winners of four straight. Right. That Michigan State win looks better and better. Well, look, all their wins look the better. The Wisconsin one looks the best. Yes, it does. Trent, when we go back to June, July, whatever, August, and we saw this weekend when the, what, and I'm just using the term we used, I think it was probably dregs mm-hmm. of the Big 12, the worst team in the Big 12, the worst team in the Big 10, and they happened to show up on the same week against the two needle movers. I was hosting Illinois. Likewise, Iowa State's going to finish their uh, home portion of the regular season against Kansas. I mean, that's the best you could do for senior week for both schools. You remember having that conversation? No doubt. And it's looking okay for Illinois. Look, Illinois is going to a nice bowl. Here's the good news for them. They've got Northwestern next week. Absolutely. So if they get beat this week, and Vegas says that they are favored to get beat, um, They've still got Northwestern. They beat them. They've got seven wins. That's going to get them to a decent bowl. They're going to avoid. They're going to San Francisco. You think they're going to they're San Francisco? They're going Fran? to San Francisco. Yeah, probably. That's what's Seems going to happen. The Athletics got Iowa at San Francisco yeah. slash San Jose. Who does that? Um, what's the dude's name? You know what? Maybe it was. It was was it Bruce Feldman? No, the guy with Stadium. Who's with Stadium? Oh, Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy. Yeah, he missed. Uh, I, I looked through his. I look at these, and then I just yell at them when they get things yeah. wrong, and this team can't go there. You should know this. You're a national writer. Mm-hmm. Well, and now somebody, That's why these things just drive me I, nuts. I agree with you, but I, I, I will point this out today, and somebody point, uh, Tom Caker retweeted this, that apparently Jim Delaney, who's been anointed with all of these powers, can wave his magic wand and can, because there's still talk that I was going to get back to Florida. And apparently, and I wish I could find the tweet real here, My, Mia O'Brien, is it Mia O'Brien? Mia O'Brien, a former, I think she worked in the Quad Cities on TV for a number of years. Did she? And now, I'm not sure where she is now, but yeah. Another interesting point, Tax Slayer Bulls pool requires the team must have seven wins to play. Knowles would need to beat Florida, Miami's in play, that's not the one I read. Where's the other one? Uh, no, Hawkeyes in play for Tax Slayer Bowl. Big Ten has a rule that you cannot go to a game in a six-year cycle. SEC does not. Texas in play. However, Jim Delaney could waive said rule. That's Mia O'Brien. If Jacksonville really wants a return of 2,500 Iowa fans, like that's apparently the Iowa fans didn't travel to Jacksonville. No, I remember it well. So I don't see the Gator Bowl pumping their chest too, right? Yes. And uh, I wasn't there. I just remember it being cold on people that were there. Jacksonville. I mean, it's 
South, I've never been. It's South Georgia. Yeah, I've never been. Right, South Georgia. It's not really Florida. It's kind of kind of Florida, but mostly Georgia. It's mostly yes, absolutely. That's kind of sounds ridiculous. Hawkeye fans want holiday. That that's I think yeah, me, the old timers that have been there. Yep. I have heard nothing but great things. Yep. I talk to people that are there. It's a different venue. It's a chance to play. Mm-hmm. You know, they played so many middle of the road okay SEC. What do they teams even recently? do with that stadium now? Oh. I'd, Monster truck rallies? I guess. That's got to be about it, doesn't it? San Diego State. Yeah. But, I mean, that's six times a year. What? Right. Yeah. I know what they should do, and we watched the team play last night. They had more fans last night in Mexico they City did. than they do in Los Angeles. Uh, here's what. Uh, here's my take on the game last night. We only got a minute. We're going to get a tight, broad, quick break in here before we get Zubin. One of my favorite quarterbacks has reached the entrant. Yeah. And it's Philip Rivers, who's thrown seven picks in the last two games, uh, four of them last night, three of them against the Raiders. I, I'm a, I'm a Philip Rivers, and and there were some incredible rivalries against the team I root for. I mean, Jay Cutler and Philip Rivers had some tiffs going back and forth, um, you know, some some nasty stuff, and. But just Philip Rivers, the way he plays or the way he did play, he's reached the end. I hate to say it. I looked back at that draft, the 2004 NFL draft. You will surprise me if you get this trivia question right. Because I I would have got three out of the five. The three quarterbacks are still playing, right? Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, and Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. And Eli Manning is done after this year. It looks like Philip Rivers is done. Roethlisberger is going to be the quarterback that outlasts them all. But there are two other players to the best of my football knowledge, I could only find two first-rounders that are still playing. You might get one. You'd never get Ben Watson. No, no. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is the other one. That's oh. still, that's still, that was Robert Gallery. Robert Gallery went two in that draft. Larry Fitzgerald went three in oh. that draft. Philip Rivers went four in that draft and got traded for one Eli Manning. That's the 4 draft, you that's said? That's the 4 draft, yeah. Pretty good one, huh? Yeah, I'll say. Pretty damn good one indeed. Um, some guys on there, but there's only five of them remaining. And Roethlisberger, because Benjamin Watson is going to uh, pack it in after this year. And I think, isn't Fitzgerald leaning that way? Yeah, it sounds that way. I think it is too. It's probably time. Tyler's right. been fun to watch though. Yeah, no, he's been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Better than I anticipated. Who's, who came out this past weekend and said that uh, everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson, but a couple of years you'll be talking about Lamar, uh, about uh, Kyler Murray in the same way. Who mm-hmm. was it? Was it, it was an NFL, former NFL quarterback. Anyways, uh, we'll get Zubin Mahete in here. We'll take a quick timeout. It's only a brief timeout. We'll come back. Zubin will take us till 1030. It's a quick show here today. We will get you. For those of you standing by for Iowa State's women's basketball, bottom of the hour, Chris Williams, Molly Parrott have the pregame show at 11. They'll throw the ball in the air uh, at Hilton. There's a, the men then follow uh, at 7 o'clock tonight as they will take the floor. That's Cyclones.tv. Quick timeout, Miller and Condon. Back with Zubin Mahente from ESPN. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Who's up? Who's down? Heather, who's up for you? Find out on the morning rush. I don't get any credit for this. No. Tomorrow at 6 on 1460 KXNO. Do you want to hire a full-service real estate firm to sell your home but don't want to pay 6 or 7% commission to do it? Charterhouse Real Estate is exactly what you're looking for. Charterhouse is a full-service real estate firm that charges much less than you're used to. Check out charterhouseiowa.com and use their calculator to see what your savings will be. And make sure to check out all of their great five-star reviews on Google. Charterhouse Real Estate is real estate redefined. Online at charterhouseiowa.com. Tom.
Hey, high school sports fans. Are you looking for tees, hoodies, pullovers, or sweatpants that accurately reflect your school spirit? Tired of only finding that one design being carried at the big box stores? Visit the Norwalk Shop, located at 810 Main Street in Norwalk, Iowa. We are passionate about ensuring you find the apparel items that meet your fashion needs and will work with you to create a design that shows your school spirit. But we don't just do high school gear. We work with small businesses across central Iowa, specializing in fair price, small batch orders. Visit us online at thenorwalkshop.com or call us at 981 981- 0262 or find us on Facebook. The Norwalk Shop for all your custom apparel needs. And remember, onward Norwalk. The Rookie Sports Cards in Clive gives you the best in the world of cards and signed memorabilia. Get into the collecting game with The Rookie for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey cards. From sets to individuals, signed jerseys and helmets. And their weekly bid board. Stop by The Rookie today, 9992 Swanson Boulevard in Clive to rip a pack of cards and have some fun. It's the Rookie Sports Cards in Clive. I'm Rusty, director of Wolf Roofing. We started as a roofing company 26 years ago, and we're still a roofing company today. What started with the roofing a handful of homes in the summer of 1993 has grown into a company that completes hundreds of projects each year and can handle the biggest roofing projects. Whether you're a homeowner, apartment owner, or manage a townhome association, Wolf Roofing has experience to handle your project. Give us a call at 225 225- 8866-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfroofing.net. Joined by Dr. Stephen Fuller, fullerdental.net. Doc, as I've told you this before, when you capped my root canal, I was expecting to pay more. How do you stay competitive in the market? First of all, we've owned our own building since 1963, and we report to me, of course, not to a chain of dentists that may send their profits off to, say, Buffalo, New York. General dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, restorative dentistry, fullerdental.net for your appointments, 2822 East 29th Street in Des Moines and 410 8th Street Southwest in El. Joined by Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care in West Des Moines. It's football season and concussions always a big topic. This year, two to three million sports-related concussions will occur, and about half of those go unreported. Two out of every ten high school students will suffer a concussion in this next year. The most important part is following through with your doctor, but the recommendations are different than they used to be. We aren't having people sit in a dark room. It's more about movement and the rehabilitative process. What can Elite Eye Care do for people that have suffered concussions? At Elite eye care, we can diagnose and treat the post-concussion visual symptoms that typically exist, including blurry vision, double vision, sensitivity to light, along with attention, memory, and concentration issues. That's Dr. Heidi Bell with Elite Eye Care, University Avenue in West Des Moines. And online, idoctordesmoines.com. Celebrate this holiday season at Salisbury House. Don't miss their annual Holly and Ivy Home Tour Friday, December 6th and Saturday, December 7th. Enjoy stunning holiday decor and accents from the finest local interior designers, florist and home furnishing stores within Salisbury House and private homes on the tour. Plus, get into the holiday spirit with live music and a visit from Santa on December the 6th and 7th from 11 until 4. Tickets are available at the door. Learn more at salisburyhouse.org. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Should uh, mention the winner of the Iowa-Illinois tickets that was brought to us by Dr. Stephen Fuller from last week. And I'm going to butcher your last name, Joe, and I apologize. Joe, I got that part easy. (laughs) Shubahar? Shubahar? Schubert. Schubert. Is that it? I don't know. 
Well, Joe, congratulations. You've won two tickets. He's C-H-E. been contacted, correct? Yes, he has. Okay. Yes, he has. Uh, but congratulations to Joe. We will do a similar contest for the home, the Saturday games uh, at Carver coming up in the Big Ten play. Let's and get... we're going to be playing for Drew Hicks coming up here. Oh, we're shooting a gun again. The, shooting the Nerf gun. The gun, yes, for Berkwood Bullseye Tuesday today. Drew Hicks will be our contestant. All right, Drew. Trent will do his best for you. Let's get Zuba Mahente in here as he takes us to the bottom of the hour. Well, we will get you to Hilton uh, for Iowa State women's basketball. Chris Williams and Molly Parrott on the call for that one. Hello, Zuba Mahente. How are you? Good morning, guys. What's going on? Well, nothing, uh, Zubin. Good to talk to you. Anxious to watch the television show tonight. You know, the one I'm referring to. I've even got Trent a little bit pumped up in it. <laughs> uh, Zubin, I wasn't sure. With, I mean, Alabama with Tua or without Tua, I thought their path was going to be very difficult. Without him, how will the committee take that into consideration um, in your mind? I'd like to see them stay where they are tonight. And I agree with you. I actually think the trick is for them the trick's going to be getting in. I think once they get in, had they had Tua, I think it would have been a different story. But you're right. I think for them, just getting in was the issue. But now, because of all the situations that's happened with Tua and the discussion about an insurance policy and his brother being on the roster and everything, I think the one thing that's being overlooked, honestly, is Mac Jones. I think right now you just have to start focusing on who this guy is Mm -hmm. and what he's capable of doing. He was a four-star kid from Jacksonville. But what do stars mean? Brock Purdy was a three-star kid. He certainly appears to be better. Hunter Johnson was a five-star kid. He certainly appears to be worse. Right. So I think a lot of it just comes down to who is this kid? Now, you think about it. Two has had two tightrope surgeries in the last two years. So you say to yourself, well, Max probably got himself a lot of opportunities to get some reps. Well, the first time he had it between last year's SEC title game and the playoffs, that was 27 days, but Jalen Hurts was still on the roster. And you saw what Jalen Hurts did in relief of Tua. This time around, it was 20 days since the Tennessee game, the game that Max started against Arkansas, and the LSU game. But as I recall, Tua was back on the field practicing after that surgery pretty quick. So it's just a matter of what you have in Max, but the idea that generally if you replace a guy that's been injured twice and has had ankle surgery twice, you should be getting some rest. But he really hasn't. So it'll be interesting to see what he's capable of of doing. Again, four-star kids against recruited Alabama, um, he's not getting a lot of attention because he's compared to Tua, and if Tua never throws another pass in college football, which appears to be the case, anybody that stacks up against him is not going to look great by comparison, but I think just kind of focusing in on Mac right now is probably the best thing to do. Who's better served to pass Alabama from the Pac-12? Is it Oregon with a little more name recognition? Or is it Utah, who's been playing some great football here as of late? I want to go with Oregon. Uh, obviously, this doesn't really matter, but it does bear worth saying mm-hmm. that if Alabama does fall and the league that has dominated the BCS era and the college football playoff era, the school that would be determined to best take that position would be the most maligned conference, right? So there is something there that Alabama's been the only team that's gone to the playoff, and now if they were to somehow fall out of that spot, the league that has been desperate to get in, that's only ever had two representatives in, Oregon and Washington, might be able to take advantage. I like, from my perspective, Oregon, because if there's one team, and I think we discussed this last week, if there's one team outside of the playoff that could really make a determination on who gets in, it's Auburn. If Auburn plays well against Georgia, and obviously it didn't, but I mean, I think it gave it a decent shot, and Auburn plays well against Alabama, that could only behoove 
uh, Oregon just because of the way that they played in that first regular season game. It does bear worth mentioning that Rob Mullins is the committee chairman. He's the athletic mm-hmm. director at the University of Oregon. Obviously, he would have to recuse himself from any situation. The committee at the moment does think Oregon is a hair ahead. I would tend to agree. Obviously, the Pac-12 title game will determine a lot of things. That's going to be Saturday night on ABC. And for a long time, the Pac-12 title game was somewhat irrelevant. Right. Washington playing Colorado. Last year, Utah won the South for the first time ever. It was a shoulder shrug. It really didn't matter. It was awesome for Utah to finally get to that point and play in the conference title game for the first time ever. But for the first time in quite a while, that game is going to have some serious mm-hmm. implications. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I think Oregon right now is probably a step ahead. The very year, they bring in the highest-rated recruit in school history in Kayvon Thibodeau and Herbert's last dance. I'm going to give Oregon a slight edge. Hmm. Zuman, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the Pac-12 game was always on Friday nights, and it was at, for for the longest time it was not played at a neutral site. And I think this is kind of a three-part Trying to see how my memory's working here today. Isn't it moving to Vegas uh, once the, that stadium opens up? So that's good because the ACC championship in Charlotte is always played on Saturday night or has been, and that's going to be a PU, at least as we're here today, um, and, and look forward to that. So that's good because Saturday night has not been the shiniest as far as these championship games, other than the Big Ten. I get that. Yeah, and I think it also bears worth mentioning that um, yeah, the Pac-12, when it first started, it was sort of unique because it did have the on-campus site game. We are talking about a situation where uh, Stanford would play Arizona State uh, in Tempe. And that's something that people have said, well, if the playoff goes to eight teams, that's something you can expect, like a home site game for a team that's playing, what do you guess you call it, a quarterfinal in that case if it gets to eight teams. But they were the first team to try that. Uh, Stanford went in there, rolled Arizona State early. Then they've had some Friday night games like in the Bay Area that have been poorly attended. So that's obviously going to be an issue as well. And then, yes, Vegas is going to be on tap. And I think you're Mm -hmm. going to see in basketball, too, a lot of these conference tournaments uh, move to Vegas. There's a couple that happen there now, the WAC and the Mountain West Conference Tournament. But I think you're going to see more conference tournaments and hoops go there as well. But I think it's instructive to note that if the playoff does ever go to eight, you could always harken back to what the Pac-12 did to see what kind of atmosphere it would generate when it's at a home stadium. Clearly, it's gone away from that, as you mentioned. But it is a footnote, and they were the first league to try. Over to the NFL, Zubin. Wanted to get your perspective on Lamar Jackson. He is the MVP frontrunner. He's the betting favorite right now. A guy that many people believe couldn't play quarterback in this league. We've seen guys thrust onto the scene, but not be able to maintain it. Do you see Lamar Jackson maintaining it, not just for this season or the next couple, but long-term, how good can this guy be? I think he can be great, but I think the, uh, I think the one thing that's going to help him is that the Ravens have sort of decided this is the way that we want to play. So I think from a personnel standpoint, they're going to have to draft a little bit differently than most other teams do. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of talk this weekend about Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, and obviously round one goes to Lamar Jackson. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of discussion about, you know, who do you want if you could start your franchise or who's the guy that would lead the franchise into the future if you could pick as a GM? And I think a lot of people uh, look at Jackson and say that's our choice. But I think guys like Watson, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, guys like that are just easier to plan around. You can have more of a conventional offense. I think when you are drafting around Lamar, 
Jackson. You have to be especially careful about what your offensive line looks like because you probably want a smaller, quicker, more nimble offensive line just because you want to take advantage of the fact that what he can do with his legs. Also, he's just 22, and I think that's one thing to keep in mind. If he wants to continue playing like this, and, and obviously his passing game has certainly increased, if he wants to continue playing like this for another two, three, four years, it's not going to be a rub at all. He'll only be 25 or 26. So I think they can continue to do what they want to do right now because of his youth. But when they start to start to say, let's be 27, he's 28, I'm sure he'll be far more refined. He certainly looks much better just from a year ago. They're going to have to draft just a little bit differently than other teams would because of his escapability and what the personnel is going to have to be around him, knowing that you're going to need probably lighter, quicker guys on your feet to help him find space, open holes, Etc. Uh, five minutes away, we'll get you out to uh, to Hilton to for Iowa State women's basketball. Chris Williams, Molly Parrott in five minutes. Lamar Jackson, to that point, he is a month younger than Joe Burrow, the front runner for the it's Heisman Trophy. Crazy, it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that, Trent. That's good info. Hey, Zubin, how close? We got like four minutes left, just to alert everybody here, meaning Trent and myself. Um, how close is the NFL to adopting a 17-game regular schedule with one of those games for every team seemingly being played at a neutral site? Is that close, Subin? I would say yes. If we were to talk two or three months ago, I would have said no because I think the players have been so adamant about player safety, eliminating a two-a-days and the CBA. But I think now with this new CBA up, that obviously if the compensation is there, they would look at it. Um, it's tough call because I think a lot of the players do really believe that they want to take care of their body and playing one extra game a year is one extra game check, but it's another opportunity to get injured and the longevity of one's career could probably be extended significantly by probably just playing what they are playing. A lot of people say, well, it's just one game. You could get hurt in week seven. You could get hurt in week 17. You know, and it can happen at any time, but I feel like there's a little bit more momentum I'm not exactly sure why the players are less adamant now, but I think the entire portion of the CBA, they had essentially said there's nothing more important than the health of the players. But every time you see a story about a 17-game schedule creeping up, you don't see a lot of pushback from the Players Association. They are not panning or rejecting those reports. And I don't have any inside information, but generally speaking, whenever it was broached before, it was basically responded by the players to say, look, this is not something that we want. And this time around, as the new CBA kind of figures out the way it's going to go, now when you see these stories out there, Ken, you don't see as much resistance from the NFLPA. And let's be honest, the NFLPA has never had an issue speaking up. Mm -hmm. Marie Smith has never had an issue speaking up against Roger Goodell and the owners, and they're not nearly as forceful on the blowback business. Zubin, I don't know if this is a case where absence makes the heart grow fonder, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, or maybe both of those are way over the top. But Berman and Jackson on my TV last night at halftime, I'm good. I'll tell you what, uh, and I may have mentioned this to you last time, uh, it is great to see them, obviously. Uh, you know, Tom's overcoming a little bit of an injury, uh, but I've seen him kind of walking around campus. We stopped and talked for a couple of minutes, uh, you know, I saw last week, just to show you how great friends they are, you know, Boomer still walks into his car. Can you believe that? After wow. all these years, I just saw him Sunday night. I was just watching him. I didn't want to interrupt. Hmm. You know, Tom's got a little bit of a foot problem. He walks him all the way to his vehicle. They have an unbelievable friendship every Sunday night for 30-plus years. And the one thing I would say, it's much like Adam Sandler or Eddie Murphy uh, on Netflix. Uh, Chris and Tom are introducing themselves to a whole new yeah. generation of viewers on ESPN+. Plus. 
that are simply too young to know who they are. So while you see it with all these big comics introducing themselves to millennials, it's sort of the same thing in sports. Mm -hmm. Boomer and TJ, for me and you and Trent are old hats, but for people half our age or a third of our age, they don't know who these guys are, and they're on ESPN Plus more than on their regular television, and so they're introducing themselves to a whole new wave of people. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, indeed, it's funny because the music acts, I didn't know a single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the old dude's those talk. Are over. Those <laughs> right. are over. Hey, uh, Zubik, quickly before we let you go, just a minute left here, but the Astros story continues to be the biggest conversation in baseball. What's the right course of action in your mind for MLB? I think a gigantic fine and the stripping of draft picks mm-hmm. and international signing bonuses. Yep. I don't think you can take away their championship, nor do I think you should mm-hmm. take away the championship, but you have to look at the sport at hand and say what hurts the most. In most sports, it's draft picks. Maybe not in the NBA, but in the NFL and MLB, draft picks are treated like gold. Strip them of a ton of draft picks. Strip them of their international signings. They've obviously done an unbelievable job with Altuve and Correa, finding these guys from foreign countries and turning them into superstars. I'm not blaming those two guys at all, but they have mined the international field better than any organization in baseball. So I think you hit them with a gigantic fine for Jim Crane, somewhere in the millions of dollars of ranges. Then you take away draft picks, take away the international signing pool bonus, restrict their ability to basically find those guys. And I think that would probably hurt more than anything else you could do. I believe you've hit the nail on the head, Zubin. Great stuff. Zubin, thank you for being flexible with us today. We will uh, talk to you uh, next Tuesday. Zubin, thank you. Enjoy the hoops. Thanks. Yep, good to talk to you. Zubin Mahente. Chent and I going around the uh, the world of sports uh, with Zubin. We do each and every Tuesday. All right, Chris Williams, Molly Parrott standing by. Hilton Coliseum is the scene. Pre-game show coming up next for Iowa State women's basketball. We promise you won't miss a minute. We'll get you right up there. They tip at 11. Uh, the men back at it tonight at 7. Murph and Andy at 2. The Fanatics at 4. And then we'll do it all again tomorrow morning and the morning rush starting things at 6. Thanks for being with us. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. On the Cyclone Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, Cyclones Women's Basketball is on the air. Brought to you by... Iowa Governor's Traffic Safety Bureau, who reminds you to click it or ticket day or night. Hy-V, who proudly supports the Iowa State Cyclones. Hy-V, where there's a helpful smile in every aisle. The Iowa